Hi, and welcome to Finding Drishti Podcast. I'm Terry Cohen, a yoga teacher out of Austin, Texas. New this season as a visual supplement to the instruction in the podcast are videos on my YouTube channel. Search Finding Drishti on YouTube and subscribe for the latest videos. Take a seat and listen in. So then when I think about discipline within yoga philosophy, we have um, tapas. Tapas is uh, kind of this like burning fire that we try to stoke for our practice of how do we keep feeding our own fire. And in a lot of ways, tapas is our discipline, right? When we really focus on staying not only motivated for our practice, but to add things to our practice that keep us going in our practice, it is a constant maintenance that needs to happen. And there are definitely times in my own personal practice where I'm just like not into it, right? Um, I think I got really burnt out on Ashtanga uh, because it was so rote, you know, it was this exact same sequence and I needed some creativity. And then I was, um, I was either injuring myself or it wasn't conducive for other things that I wanted to try, um, other kind of body movement. And the tapas there had kind of fizzled out. And I think that's okay too, right? We can always have like multiple fires, fires, right? Our tapas for our, our kind of inner heat, our inner fire. But now that when you find something that really works for you, you really do have to kind of stay on top of it and feed it so that it doesn't just continue to fizzle out and then you have to build a new fire every time. So our tapas in our practice is really about having the discipline to show up. Right, I think that's always the hardest part, is to show up for our practice. And show up doesn't necessarily mean you have to do a full practice. Showing up for 9 a.m. meditation over the internet. This is tapas, right? Just laying out your mats and having a space and going to that space. And whether your practice is five minutes or 20 minutes or it's an hour and a half, that is that dedication, that discipline of showing up and doing the work even for small bits of time. So we really need to think about how can I feed my practice so that it becomes so disciplined that it, it doesn't feel so much like the work. And that's why it's so hard to stay disciplined because it does feel like work, trying to get everything in place. Um, I remember feeling about two or three years into my yoga practice, uh, I felt like a failure because for Ashtangis, like the most prescriptive way of practicing Ashtanga was you're supposed to do it six days a week. You're supposed to do it like four in the morning, something crazy like that. And uh, you had to observe like moon days, full moon days, new moon days. You weren't supposed to practice on those days. As women, we weren't supposed to practice when we are menstruating. Like there are all these rules around it that just didn't fit what I needed when I was working an office job, when I was traveling a lot and I wasn't gonna do the 4 a.m. I'm just not that early of morning of a person. So I needed to make my yoga fit my life versus feeling like I needed to fit my life to a prescriptive version of yoga. And I felt like such a failure because I wasn't changing it that direction. And as soon as I realized I needed to make what it was work into me, then the discipline started really for me. That was when self-discipline started. So putting that all into perspective, 
Right. We are all experiencing a total upset of our worlds. Whether you are out there and exploring things and feeling like things are open or you are staying isolated in your home, it does take discipline to stay on the course of cleanliness and putting on your mask if you're going out and just being very mindful of certain things. And it's so easy to want to say, this is too hard. To be self-disciplined is too hard. I just want to throw it all away. And this is where we need our practice and our philosophy to help guide us. Because the yoga philosophy of saying this is the path, and it doesn't have to be a prescriptive path, right? The eight limb path to yoga are eight different areas that we can use as guiding guidelines, as guiding posts. They aren't a step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, right? It's not that kind of a linear process. It's not that prescriptive of a process, but it is giving us kind of a container to work with, to have some boundaries um, to help guide us in the right direction. So with that, we will take all of that into consideration as we come into our seated meditation this morning. So find a comfortable seat. Make sure that your sits bones are resting comfortably. You want a little bit of lift of your seat so that you can have your knees tipping forward. You can rest your hands on the legs. Or if you prefer, you could take a mudra or you can bring the hands to the heart. And let's close the eyes. Take a nice deep breath in through the nose. Go ahead and open the mouth, let that breath go. Do that again, big breath in, fill up to the top. Soften, release. And then we'll seal the lips and just follow the breath in and out of the body. Feel the spine grow long, giving you plenty of space for the breath to expand and contract within the body. And bring your attention to that breath. Everything else around you, let it get a little softer, a little quieter, let it fade into the background. Maybe you visualize this breath moving up and down. Or maybe you visualize the breath moving out and in. And then you soften your third eye a little where it's a little less sharp in its focus and it can get a little hazier. And if you notice sensations that make you want to immediately change your attention, right? Say you feel a little tickle or a little itch on the surface of your skin. Can you push that to the side for a little bit and focus back in on your breath? So the first time that I took a meditation workshop, uh, my teacher, Sheila, 
she put it in terms of like a child coming to get your attention. And that's kind of what our, our little sensations, our little itches, our little scratches. And the child is gonna come over and over again. Okay, hey, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Tugging on your clothes, waving hands in front of your face. Right. And that's what our brain does because it's so used to being always on, always thinking, always planning, always preparing. And so it's gonna try to pull you away from this stillness that we're trying to invoke in our bodies and in our minds. It wants to keep you busy because that's what we've trained our bodies and minds to do is just keep moving, keep thinking. Don't waste a single second having quiet. Fill the space. Those are the types of stories and actions that our brains have been um, encouraged to do by society over the years. So this is a training of being still and quiet within ourselves. Meditation is asking us to bring all of our activity to a pause and it's just that it's a pause it's not a stopping but it is a pause it's a momentary lull in activity momentary quiet and sometimes that's all we need is a moment and then just like a physical practice could be five minutes 10 minutes, 15, it could be 90. You could go to an all-day workshop and move your body all day long. So it's not a prescribed amount of a moment, but you want it long enough to feel the effects of things quieting down. And the discipline here really comes from not being pulled away by every little itch, by every little thought that pops in that tries to pull you away. The discipline is gonna be difficult in the beginning because this is hard and this is not something that we normally do. We have to train it into our systems. We have to train ourselves how to sit still. We have to train ourselves how to resist the urge to scratch, to fidget, to twitch, to move. And over time, the discipline will pay off. And I can't give you any kind of set timeline everyone's timeline is different, everyone's journey is different. But the discipline is really in the practice of what we hope to make easier. And I bring this up with my son all the time. He doesn't like to practice piano. He likes to play. 
but then he gets frustrated when he plays a piece and he messes up and he forgets where he is and it comes back to the discipline of practice break it down do one measure at a time do one line at a time do the right hand do the left hand practice the hands together a couple measures at a time repetition 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 The discipline comes when that repetition is done regularly and with earnest, right? Stoking our fire, bringing that tapas into it. We don't just move through the motions, but we have to put the effort into it. And eventually the practice pays off. It gets a little bit easier. It's a little less work, a little less frustration and even then that's not linear so we have to prepare ourselves for future frustrations and knowing that some days will be easier some days will be harder so whatever feels hard right now Put that into context, whatever that is for you, whatever you're experiencing, whether that's COVID related, whether that's something that you're trying to learn, something that you're trying to incorporate into your life, it might feel excruciatingly hard. But while you have that little spark of fire, that little bit of tapas going, Feed the fire. Throw it a couple twigs. Give it a big branch. Watch how the fire grows and shrinks. Watch how external forces, the wind, a sprinkle of rain might change the fire. But we tend to it. And eventually things will get to a place where it no longer feels like work. And it'll feel comfortable in your bones. And then you can really enjoy and reap the rewards of your hard work. Take about five more slow breaths here, feeling the weight of your body supported by your seat and whatever props you have underneath. And then we'll gently flutter the eyes open. You'll see over time that things won't feel like so much work. 
And I'm sure if you ex you've experienced that in other things that you've practiced and, and worked on and the discipline will always become less difficult uh, when, when the effort is put in. And that's, that's kind of how it works, right? So we, uh, we just push forward and um, nothing is forever. Right? I also keep that in mind that the difficult moments don't last forever. School is almost over for my kids. I've got two and a half weeks. Um, this virus, while it will be here for quite some time, it will not always be like this being contained in our homes. Um, and we have to, we have to just keep doing the work. Thank you for listening to Finding Drishti podcast. Support this podcast with a donation via Venmo to Terry-Cohen, that's spelled T-E-R-R-I-K-O-E-N, and telling your friends and family. You can find my live online teaching schedule at findingdrishti.com.